you have come to the place where you can learn to harness the power of intention, to create subconscious beliefs that serve you, and to gain insights that allow you to create a life personally and professionally that you desire. This is the place where you leverage your subconscious mind and design your destiny. Join me now, your host, Penny Chason. Hey, hey, Penny Chason here and welcome back. I'm glad you decided to join me because today I'm talking about one of my top five passionate topics. I have a few passionate topics, but this is one of the top five and for quite a while it was number one. And while it's still very important, I've moved my attention in other directions. But this is something that impacts each and every one of us at some point. And that is anger. Anger is something that can sit under the surface for years, for decades, and it doesn't get addressed. Anger is a very important emotion, and it is a good emotion when it's based in reality. And I'm going to get into what I mean about that in terms of being based in reality. But all of our emotions are good. Our emotions serve to guide us when we need to do something to fulfill our needs, wants, and desires. They alert us to danger. They alert us to seek out companionship, relationships, shelter, among other things. Now, while there are just a handful of basic emotions, primary emotions, the different ways that we can describe those emotions in terms of the context of what we are experiencing go along a continuum. And anger goes along a continuum of something is not fair and it is producing rage in our life like it's so not fair. It's producing rage all the way to the other end of the spectrum where everything is completely fair. We are happy, we're happy-go-lucky, joyful, feeling gratitude, whatever the case may be. And there can be an entire range, degrees of fair to not fair within there. And we typically have other labels for those, you know, we're miffed, we're ticked off, we're PO'd, whatever the case may be. You get my drift, you know where I'm going. Anytime that we experience something that is perceived as unfair. We need to resolve that emotion because anger is an emotion that is shown in research within the healthcare community to be linked to physical illness and disease. When we perceive something is not fair, and we don't close that open mental loop, what happens is, is the subconscious stores this. It recognizes that it's not fair. And it is going to be looking for cues 
to avoid circumstances that are similar to it. Now, we don't know this is happening, right? It's not like we're sitting here and we're scanning, constantly looking, but the subconscious mind just makes a note and becomes aware. And if something similar comes up, it looks to see if something is unfair. If we experience a situation often enough, the mind can become what I describe as hypervigilant, where it is just waiting for that shoe to drop, so to speak. And it's constantly looking for the next time this is going to happen because it's not going to let unfair happen again. And for people who experience being easily angered, easily triggered, as some people would say, this is where their mind has gone. Something has happened often enough that it has reinforced this unfairness that they subconsciously end up reacting to make fair before things become unfair. And someday soon I will do an episode on responding versus reacting because response comes from making a conscious decision in how we respond to somebody, whereas reaction is that split second It comes from the subconscious because the subconscious places meaning on something before we consciously make an effort to respond. It's a little more complicated than that, but that is the real 30,000 foot view of response versus reaction. When we experience something that has been perceived as unfair, Anytime we have an emotional reaction that we don't like, the first thing we have to do is ask ourselves, what am I feeling? The most important thing is to put a name on the feeling. So many of us have difficulty putting a name on what it is that we're feeling because, you know, I don't know about you, but my parents grew up in a time where there was no time for them to be sad. There was no time for them to be mad. You know, my mother grew up in a time when she was in fourth and fifth grade. She was taking care of her younger siblings after school while my grandmother was still at work, washing clothes by hand, hanging them out on a line. You know, so as my generation, depending on you know, how your parents grew up. You either grew up in a situation where parents knew how to help you process your feelings or they didn't. You know, sometimes as children, we grow up in families where, you know, if you're unhappy, you know, you're told if you're not happy, I'll give you something to not be happy about. Or it's not ladylike to be angry or little boys don't cry. We hear these things where, you know, as children, we're learning to make sense of the world. And because the adults around us, they have adult context, right? So they can make sense of what's going on. And maybe for them, the situation is nothing to really be upset about. 
but rather than validating to a child that, you know, I can understand why you feel that way, however, and to help a child understand that, just to even validate, I understand that you're angry, however, this is what we need to do, or I understand that you're sad, this is what we're going to do, not to give the child control, but to validate the feelings and let them process. I lost my train of thought. Oh, that's right. Emotional intelligence. So as children, we didn't learn how to appropriately process emotions. Some of us, not all of us, some of us didn't learn how to appropriately process emotions. So as we get older, we go through times where something will happen and we know that we feel bad. Like we know that what we're feeling is we're not happy. You know, we're not feeling joy. We're not feeling happiness. We don't like what we feel. So we feel bad. And we get out of the habit if we did learn or we've never learned how to put a name on those emotions. So the first step is to put a name on it. Once you've decided that you're miffed, you're ticked, you're PO'd, frustrated. Frustrated is a secondary emotion, but for now, let's just lump it in with anger. We're not going to split hairs here or angry or you're enraged, whatever it may be. Once you've identified that's what you're feeling, it's time to ask yourself, what is causing me to feel this way? And, you know, take stock of the situation and, you know, reveal what it is that's causing you to feel that way. Perhaps it was someone cut you off in traffic. And nearly, you know, you had to slam on the brakes. You just barely missed hitting them. So it's like, what caused me to feel this way? You know, it's like, well, this guy cut me off. So then you have to ask yourself, was this really unfair? Should the guy have been, or woman, been watching where they were going? Sure. Did they need to be in such a hurry? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know what was going on with them. Did they see your car and say, hmm, I think I'm going to cut that person off because I feel like being a jerk today? We don't know. So within the context of everything that's going on around that car cutting you off, let's say, for example, it's on the interstate and the car cuts you off and initially you're angry, but then as you look up in your rearview mirror, you realize that there's something in the road, that maybe something had fallen off of a vehicle in front of them into the road, and they weren't actually cutting you off. They were swerving to avoid hitting something and having a crash. And yes, they came close to hitting you, but they were doing everything they could to avoid an accident, which could have actually resulted in you being involved in an accident. Well, in that case, you're like, oh, okay, I see what he was doing there. Scared the crap out of me, but yeah, okay. When you realize that the anger is not righteous anger, then you can literally tell yourself, you know what, that's okay, that wasn't his intent. The other thing that you could do is when someone cuts you off like that is, Ask yourself, okay, what are several reasons this person could have done this? Like, what would have caused them to do that? And once you realize that you can't 
truly, honestly say that it was intentional. There could have been a family emergency. Maybe you were in the blind spot. Then that resolves that. If you're like most people that I have worked with, either in group or one-to-one, then most likely you are someone that seeks out journaling opportunities, yoga, meditation, to create a sense of calm and peace in your life. What if I told you that there is a practice that not only allows you to introduce peace and the sense of calm in your life, but it does so by releasing negative beliefs, recognizing the truths about you, that you are lovable, that there's never been anything wrong with you, all while allowing you to create a deeper connection spiritually, then I'm sure you're going to want to get in on this. So I want you to head over to the website, pennychason.com forward slash release and get on the wait list now because the doors are opening soon on release, renew, realign. But say the person flipped you off just before they passed you and then they cut you off on purpose. Well, yes, that's unfair. That is unfair. Shouldn't have done that. So now we've moved to the next step in what needs to happen to resolve that anger. Because see, when the anger is not based in reality and we can reframe what might have been going on in that situation that closes the loop, we're giving our mind, we're like, okay, yeah, you know what? That wasn't intentional. That's not anything to be angry about. It's okay. In this other situation where someone flips you off and they intentionally, you know, attempt to scare you, come so close to hitting you, then we have to satisfy that feeling of unfair because that feeling of unfair is there to drive us to make fair. So how do you make fair with someone who flipped you off? I don't know, maybe you have a political sticker on your car, or whatever the case may be. I mean, the world is crazy out there, right? And the fact that you're listening to this right now lets me know that you're looking for a way to have a little more peace in your life. So once you recognize that this is unfair, and that you need to process this emotion, the way that we process anger is we make fair. Now, you're not going to go run this person down and chase them down on the road to get in their face and flip them off in return. That's not how people would make fair who want peace and calm in their life. And I'm not advocating road rage at all, because we're going to go into the alternatives. So the alternatives are to ask someone else, you know, run it past someone else and say, you know what, what do you think about the situation? You know, was it really unfair? Get some outside validation. Then you can ask yourself, okay, what can I do to make a solution to this? Say the person was driving a company car and it had a safe driving sticker on it. Well, this person clearly was intentionally not driving safe. You could call that number and pull once you've calmed down, once you're at peace and you can 
be clear and concise without being emotional, call them and say, look, this happened. This happened. And, you know, it was an unsafe situation. That's one thing you could do. The other thing that you could do is make a list of reasons, like we did earlier, that this person might would have done this. Maybe that person that day found out that they were being laid off. And, you know, they found out they've only got, you know, two days on the job, and now they're going to be no job, no money, don't know how they're going to pay the bills. Maybe you didn't realize that they were in your blind spot, and you accidentally got in front of them. Maybe they got in a fight with their wife. You know, we could come up with any number of things that could be extreme situations that would cause a person to act like this. And when we ask ourselves what would cause a person to behave this way, we can usually identify with something in some potential possibility that makes this person forgivable. And then we can simply forgive that person. We could even forgive them for, you know what? You know, this is not something that normally people do every day. And clearly there's something that's bothering this person so bad that this was the only way that they could cope with it was to flip me off and, you know, make me think that they were going to hit my car by cutting me off, you know. I'm going to forgive this person because... One, it's not worth my peace to hang on to it. And two, I'm just ready to let it go. When we forgive someone, it's important that you forgive for you and that you don't forgive for the person that you are forgiving. (laughs) And the reason why is if we tell the person we're forgiving that we're forgiving them, then they may take that as permission of, as someone that you are someone who can let it go and someone can run over you and do it again. And we're not going to have that, right? We don't want to be anyone's doormat, if you will, when it comes to those things. So forgiveness is so that you can be at peace. Now, if you find yourself being easily triggered, if you find yourself being the person that wants to engage in the road rage, so to speak, or you're being short with your family and you can't put your finger on the reason why you're finding yourself short and easily flying off the handle, then it's time to do some reflection inward and depending on the circumstances of what's triggering you, ask yourself, where in your life has that happened before? And see what forgiveness might need to take place in your own life. Commonly, when I work one-on-one with clients who deal with a lot of frustration or even anger, It typically comes from not anything major that happened when they were younger, but very minor things that happened repetitively. And these repetitive situations 
made someone feel not seen, not heard, like they didn't matter. And then as adults, they end up in a situation where someone dismisses them or doesn't listen to their advice, even when it's very sound, solid advice, and then they feel dismissed. They feel like they're not being heard. And in that moment, what happens, because the brain has been hypervigilant looking for these situations, in that moment, the person doesn't respond with the emotion in proportion to what happens in that moment. What happens is the person responds with the weight of years and years and years of repressed rage. And then we have someone flying off the handle or going into a rage over a situation that's not proportional to the expression of emotion that they're having. And all of this bottled up frustration, all of this bottled up anger affects our body physically because it impacts our stress response in the same way that fear does. Because fear activates our stress response and anger chemically activates our bodies in the same way. And sometimes people are so good at properly expressing themselves, at keeping a lid on it, that one would never know that a person is dealing with anger underneath the surface of unfairness. Take, for example, a woman who was a stay-at-home mom her entire life, loved staying at home with her kids, but always had the awareness that she stayed at home for her kids and gave up her opportunity to pursue the career she wanted. And then maybe once the kids are out of the house and she's finally starting to do the things in life that light her up, now a parent gets sick and she needs to take care of the parent. This could very well happen to a man. You know, once I got out of anesthesia school, my husband worked, but I worked full-time, he worked part-time, and he did all the stuff with the kids. So I was never a PTO mom, wasn't cut out to be one. So hubby did that job. So there is no male or female role, but just typically speaking, you know, giving a woman as an example, you know, now she may be taking care of her parents until, you know, either a parent passes away or goes into assisted living or whatever the case may be. So she spends her whole life taking care of everybody else and not of herself. And then all of a sudden, she's dealing with a disease or a sickness and everyone is standing around going, wow, you know, she always did everything for everybody else. She didn't deserve this. Well, she chronically activated her stress response by holding everything in and always giving to others and never giving to herself. So that is just a few examples of how anger can impact us. We could end up becoming someone who's explosive 
Or we could be someone who's just easily triggered. Maybe we don't explode, but we react quickly. We're easily triggered. Or perhaps someone who manages to, in a very peaceful, calm way, hold it in all these years. And then it manifests itself as illness in our body. So anger is a good emotion, but we have to process it and close the loop. I trust that this episode has given you some things to think about that maybe you had not considered before. Take this and implement it in your life, identifying that emotion and determining whether it's righteous based in reality or not based in reality, and then follow through with making fair if it is righteous anger. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in today. I would love it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a positive review about how this episode has helped you to improve your life. When you leave a positive review, it helps us to reach even more people, helping them to change their lives. And that positive energy and vibration of sharing comes back to you as we spread the message of how you can use the power of intention creating stronger subconscious beliefs in raising our vibration to create the life that we desire, the one that we're here to truly live so that we can fulfill our purpose in life. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.